Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with uh, Derek Ficken to get the Beckett media portion of his uh, hobby history, what he's been up to the last seven years. I doubt that we can fit it in 15 minutes, but we're going to try. <laughs> uh, first, thanks sponsors, Topps Panini Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Compsy.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, the other Beckett entities, all of whom are... Derek's employer and my yes. former company that I enjoyed so much. So seven years ago, Derek, welcome to the show. Uh, you, you were hired and not just for your voice, but no, no. saw something in you and you've had an, um, I think a pretty amazing seven year ride where you've done a lot of different things. And yeah. like I have uh, visited with you and said, you know, that those are the kind of people that are really valuable to a small or medium sized company. So tell us yeah. about your Beckett ride, what it was like when you came in and, and, uh, and, and bring us through to the present. Sure. Yeah, I was I was brought in. Yeah, seven years ago by Mr. Dan Hit. You know, and Brian Fleischer has. I, I, I hate giving him props, but hey. Brian Fleischer is a good friend, and we like giving giving crap to each other. But both of them were very pivotal in, in getting me on, and um, basically needed a, a pricing analyst. And when I was brought on, it was it was a nice little four man crew back in 2013, where um, Brian and Dan um, were the heads, and me and Justin Gruner were were kind of the the guys to help. And I think, man, it's, it's been a while about thinking about this, but I was doing basketball, football. I think I was doing soccer and a little bit of like tennis, things like that. And then Justin helped Dan out with, with, with all the other sports. And it was, it was crazy at that time for a four man crew to do all that. But with the leaders of Brian and Dan, somehow we knocked it out. We, we were able to get deadlines meet, met and, um, and magazines out. So that was great. But that kind of transitioned my way into wanting to do more with, with the company. And luckily, you know, I had my radio background, which I think Dan really saw as a potential opportunity to make um, another avenue for news outlets with Beckett. And so I started the the podcast. And I, when I say start, I restarted uh, it because Beckett did have a podcast when you were there. And we did mention that me and Justin Gruner, how we are not creating something, we are starting it back up. So it was it was very fun to do. I think we did, you know, 100 or so episodes where it was very hard, very difficult, but we did it and we had a lot of fun. I was able to bring in Eric Norton, who I think a lot of people know and love, and he is a great, great friend of mine. And he has done what I could never do um, with it. He's he's done absolute great work with it. And I, I am just so happy to see what it's turned into with Beckett Live Presents now, where I, I just the fat packs, you know, we're, we're one in a million with him and Paul. So it's great to see what Eric's doing. But to going back with with kind of my story, it was pricing with a little bit of radio. Mr. Rob Springs and Bill Sutherland were very pivotal in the Beckett auctions kind of phase or chapter with Beckett Media. So I was uh, heavily into that, where I was doing daily, you know, verbiage uh, for the auction items. I was getting social media coverage for the big items. Um, I was trying to send uh, Charlie Sheen uh, documents about high-end cards to try and get him to buy things, but unfortunately that didn't happen. So had had a nice little um, run with that. And then the auctions team kind of disbanded and I eventually made my way into grading, which shout out to Jeremy Murray. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for him. I owe him very a lot. And I tell him that on the regular without him, like I said, I, I wouldn't be here. And the people that I've met, it wouldn't be, you know, without him. So I was able to get into the grading department and become a regional sales manager, had no formal sales experience, like my voice training. I have no voice training. I just, you know, he, he saw something in me. And we, we went to the Houston TriStar show together. We also went to the Toronto show together. And I guess those two shows, I did pretty good work. And he decided to, to keep me going on it. And here we are 
five years, six years later after taking on that Beckett grading position. So it's been a crazy ride, many departments for sure. Yeah, Derek, I mean, the, the you know, I, there are not many people, there's a small fraternity of people who have done pricing for yeah. and, and understand the understatement of what you're saying about how difficult that job is and how yes. how how uh, tricky it is. So my hat's mm-hmm. off to you. Uh, the the amount of output with uh, with four guys, you know, it's just it exponentially increases every year. And so yeah. my question to you is: uh, Did you enjoy that always or for a while, or are you did you miss that because it's 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 very weighty? Sure, it's it's to answer your question. Yes, I, I do kind of miss it back then. I, you know, I was a kid, I was, you know, early twenties, you know, I I was excited to get into the hobby and the industry. And so I was willing to do anything it took. I think the, the, the part where it was four guys trying to do that department, you know, was tough, very difficult. And as a kid, I wanted to do so much, you know, I wanted to do, like I said, the podcasting, which was a big thing, the auctions, when that came out, I wanted to see these historical pieces come through. So it got to the point where it was uh, such a demanding position that I thought it would be best when more people were getting hired on to try and you know do something else where a department that needed people with Beckett Auctions to, to try my hand at a little bit of the journalism, I guess, side of things with, with describing these items and promoting them via social media. But yeah, that, that job, I do miss it. It was fun to forecast in a way and to watch sports in a different way as well. Instead of just being a fan or watching a game to watch a game, you were a little bit more invested. And and I truly feel it's changed the way I watch to this day, which is very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the, every year it gets the, the, the correlation with fantasy increases, which yes. sort of makes your job easier as a pricing analyst, <laughs> but sort of makes it harder because it's, True. it's not a perfect correlation. Okay. So yeah. then you're involved with grading and what people don't realize is there's like the inside guys and the outside guys. And the inside guys that nobody gets to see very often behind the curtain, they're really good guys. And I guess oh, you know, yeah. a couple of gals. I know Roxanne. Uh, yep. Roxanne is still there. Yeah, but, we have uh, a few others. Yeah. So there's, but it's mostly guys and they they have a real strong fraternity. But then the outside guys, which you're, you're out there pitching it, you know, have to yep. have a different personality. You know, have to know what to say, what not to say, to, you know. And, and so that's a tricky job as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah how uh, much did, it, was that your favorite job? <laughs> yes, it, to to this date, it will be it will go down as my favorite job, just because really the correlation between trying to work the back and and that fraternity um, to have those graders be on your side um, and understand what you're going through in the front, and to also befriend customers in a way to where I still talk to to them to this day. You know, I'm I'm not really doing the sales side anymore, but I still talk to a few of them. Um, and some customers have turned into my friends, but you know, to be able to work well with the grading guys, which I'll be honest is, is sometimes tough to do. They're stuck in their ways and I get it. There, there's nothing wrong with that, but to be able to work with them and consider them friends and for them to understand what the sales guys go through up, up front, it's, it's a nice little uh, game, I guess, if you want to call it that, that, that you try and play to where you make the job work. It's, it's something not for ever, everyone, you know, to try and do. You have to be a special person to be able to talk to someone who really, they might not really care about you. They just want to get the product and, and that's totally fine. You know? So yeah. when I was in charge. You know, I've really tried to impress upon our whole team that we don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. Okay? Of course. And so we want to, if anything, and it, you don't want it like intentionally underpromise, but if you're going to underpromise, then you want to overdeliver. Yep. But mm-hmm. in truth, the larger grading companies of, of which BGS obviously is, is, is dominant. Mm-hmm. There's been a problem in the last year of maybe under promising 
and under delivering because it's so overwhelming. And how do you mm-hmm. deal with that? Because you do the, these the, the 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 graders are doing the best they can, but it's it's just a numbers game when you have really it's overwhelming success in many respects. But how do you uh, how do you explain that? Because people just want their cards. They, yeah, want, graded, yeah. they want good grades. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it's and and they, and they, they want them on time. Possible. And exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, basically right now too, with with the seasons being on hold, it's a different story. But you know, let's say this time last year, you yeah. know, people were dealing with backlog, and they had, you know, they were trying to get their basketball cards back quick, you know, because the finals were happening, right. and they wanted to sell, you know, their their Steph Curry rookies, and you know, and and their Kawhi Leonard rookie prisms. So you know, it, it was very difficult to try and keep everybody happy because of the backlog, the tremendous backlog of of cards and submissions overall. And I am, I'm just going to be honest. I I'm an honest guy. And so I would tell people up front, Hey, this service is taking this, this amount of time right now. And in, in X amount of months, it could be even longer. And I'm not going to sell something just to get the sale. I'm going to do it with the, the thinking of these cards might be worth X amount later on. So it will be beneficial for you to pay a little bit more to get them back quicker because this service isn't as delayed in a way. So it was a juggling game constantly. You know, we do positive tone here, but there was one mm. thing that you were involved with that either you didn't have the Midas touch or Rob didn't or Bill didn't. But why do you think the auction, uh, again, there's some excellent auctions out there, of which a couple are sponsors of this show. But, you know, why didn't the Beckett auctions uh, uh, get d- do, do better? Sure. I'm yeah. Not you, Derek. I'm not blaming anybody <laughs> else, but it just, yeah. it's a crowded field. And, mm. uh, you know, it, uh, some people were surprised that it didn't do better and some people were not surprised. What was yeah. your take on that? Again, in a very positive way. What sure. Uh, you know, it was it was a short stint with with you know Beckett Auctions in in general. The team that we had consisted of Bill, Rob, Tracy Kaplan, who Tracy is awesome. She was right. so much fun to work with, right. um, and myself. And so, to in my opinion, to start an auctions department or just an auctions team, I think you needed to have double that staff to start something like that. I really felt like you should just be pushing and pushing out stuff to where we were doing monthly auctions. And then we got into the case breaking um, when case breaking was was coming out. And I just think it was something to where it was something we did, but there wasn't really a whole lot of backing behind it. It might've just been a short-term thing to try and get into. And if it didn't get off the ground too quickly, we were going to focus our time and efforts and resources into more of the grading side, which was exploding at that time. And they they needed all hands on deck as they continue to do. So I wish it stayed because it was so much fun I think uh, to see the items was a lot of fun. I was talking to those guys at that time and I was hoping it would do well, but uh, mm. it just, it's just that the, the, this, uh, this industry is really at heart a hobby where people mm. have their preferences and they have the way they do things and they have their relationships, which are important too. And so of course, uh, yeah. it does take time to build it up, even though the Beckett media and Beckett publications before that had relationships with lots of dealers and collectors. We weren't the first ones integrating. People sure. already had established relationships with PSA and so, mm-hmm. and and some of those have endured, and some we've won away, and and I'm sure vice versa. So, your you, your relationships are important, but you still gotta you gotta perform, and yep. uh, and grading sure has, and that's they're like I say, they're feeding the beast. Scraps <laughs> 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 of red meat into the into the grading room. But uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, last question. So, you know, the podcast, the, mm-hmm. the Beckett uh, Live presents. Do you see that as an extension? Are you gonna if that goes on to great ex- uh, success? which I think it will, are you going to claim to, you're going to be the grandfather of that because you were uh, involved and you've handed off to Eric and Eric is, is, and Paul's gone now, but 
Yes, um, so what do you think? No, about? I, I, yeah, I, I take nothing. No, you know, I am, I am just a bystander, a happy bystander to see something that I did and an idea that I had, you know, to bring Eric on, you know, the podcast. And he has taken it. And like I said, he's, he's, he's ran with it. And then some just, I had lunch with him last week and, and we talked about it in, in great detail. And I said, man, there's no way I could have ever thought about doing something like this, you know? And, and so that's why to see him get the notoriety in the hobby now, to see him on social media with his following, to see him at the national, you know, you know, on the main stage, the Mike Burke stage doing what he did um, and continue to do. It, it's incredible. And I'm so happy and proud for him because I remember when he came in and, you know, he was here to do coins and I knew he wasn't a coin guy, but, you know, he was a good, good dude. And uh, I wanted him to be on the team. And, you know, just like me, you know, I wasn't uh, huge into the hobby when I got hired, but, you know, my, my spark came back. So I was given an opportunity to, to, to come on board. And, and so that's why it was great to get him on board. So long story short, yeah, I'm taking no, you know, nothing from that. It's great to see it. And I hope they continue to have great success with it because it's awesome to watch too. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. We're, we're out of time, Derek, but it just, oh, man. Eric was one of the guys I was worried about with COVID because I mm. thought he was going to get clinically depressed because he was deprived <laughs> of his passion. He was right. uh, away from his equipment and was not yeah. podcasting, not connecting like he loves to do. So Eric, I'm sure. glad you've survived COVID even without getting <laughs> a testing positive. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Eric. Thanks to Beckett Media for having a, a great team of which Eric is a, Derek is a great example. Eric is too. So um, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man in the house.